Welcome back, everybody, to Great Questions, Great Conversations. I'm Mike Westendorf, and joined again by Pastor Pete Panitsky. And this, uh, Pastor Pete, this is episode six already. Wow. Uh, it's going fast. And we're still plugging away on some of these same questions that, that you know, we got from just saying, what are questions and doubts do you have? It's amazing. Right, right. And uh, we're going to be talking about a couple of things kind of leading up to um, when we're recording this right now, anyway, we're heading toward the Easter season. We're in Lent. And um, there's a good question, I think, that really pertains to forgiveness that we were given. You and I are talking a little bit about it. Um, for a lot of people, uh, there is a struggle with understanding the Old Testament, grace in the Old Testament versus the New Testament. Uh, some people so far as to, I don't even want to read the Old Testament because God just seems angry all the time. Um, and I don't see the clear gospel. So I'm, I want to read to you the question uh, that came in. And the basic topic that we want to talk about today is, is the Old Testament, there seems to be a works-based nature to forgiveness. You think about all the sacrifices. Um, the Old Testament Jewish people had what seems to be a work-based salvation. Repent and bring sacrifice. If you didn't do this, your sins were not forgiven. How does this reconcile with the New Testament salvation through Jesus and not ourselves? It seems like we have it easier. And so there are some implications to this. Did the souls of the Jewish people in the Old Testament go to heaven right away, or did they have to wait for Jesus? It's a little bit of a secondary question, so we'll tackle the first one first. Old Testament works-based forgiveness. So, Mike, how are we saved in the New Testament times? Trusting in the sacrifice that Jesus paid for our sin debt, a gift that we have been we've received through faith, because this is an impossibility to believe on our own. Amen. Faith alone, right? Mm -hmm. But faith is never alone. If you believe that Jesus died for you, then your life isn't yours anymore. The Apostle Paul wrote Romans, uh, Romans 1 through 11 is the most detailed explanation of how we are saved. Through faith in, in Christ Jesus, uh, he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And then in Romans chapter 12, it says, Therefore, in view of God's mercy, offer your, uh, your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. We have it easier? No. We have the same. Hmm. You see, if we believe that the sacrifice that was pictured by all these animal sacrifices truly mm -hmm. was made, then God isn't asking me to sacrifice an animal to, to make me think about Jesus. He's asking me to sacrifice myself. My life doesn't belong to me. It belongs to Jesus. And that impacts everything that I say and I do. And then you know, the Apostle Paul talks about we've got different gifts and abilities that we use uh, in service to God, you know, loving one another, you know, caring for people that that we disagree with, um, uh, you know, people that are hard to get along with, uh, submitting to authority. All of that is part of our sacrifice to God. Uh, so you know. In our churches, most of our churches have altars. And I think most people think of the altar as a reminder of Jesus' sacrifice. But I would say 
most churches are like ours. There's the cross above the altar that is meant to remind us of Jesus' sacrifice. The altar, let that be a picture of where you live. And, and every once in a while, uh, I'll uh, have a, a little kid uh, sitting in an offering plate, and I'll carry this three-year-old up to the altar and, and set her or him in the offering plate on the altar. That's the picture. So. Hmm. All right. Well, you know, let, yeah. So, okay, that, that's, okay, so that's where you start is how am I saved? It's by faith in Christ. And now as a believer, I'm going to do things differently. Okay. So let's step it back just a little bit. Um, as, as people read the Old Testament and they read about all of these these different sacrifices and different sin sacrifices. Um, I always like the, the one on the goat, you know, yes. uh, and, and uh, can t- talk a little bit about, give us some context around um, what, what was the point of all of this? Obviously there's a lot of blood. God takes this seriously, but there is this idea that there's forgiveness of sins tied to the sacrifice. And is it, is, was it actual forgiveness? Is it just a, a, a an example of or a picture of. So take us through some of the sacrifices it, it, of the Old Testament. It, well, it, it, let, let me start with Romans chapter 3, where the okay. Apostle Paul deals specifically with that. In uh, Romans chapter 3, verse 25, the Apostle Paul writes, God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement or payment through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. Mm. He did it to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time. And again, so, that's Romans chapter 3. So if you're three, following along or wanting to take a look back at this, this is an important passage for you. Romans 3, what was it? 3, 25 through 27 or through 26. And, and it's just interesting that in, in Greek... The Hebrew for forgive is send away. Your sins are sins are sent away. Kind of like the scapegoat in the Old Testament Day of Atonement that you, you, you'd reference. You, you, you put yeah. your hands on that goat and, and it's led away. Your sins are led far away. They'll never come back. So your sins are set, sent away. Here in Romans chapter 5, it says in the in the uh, in the Old Testament times, God in his forbearance uh, uh, left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He, The Greek is he set them aside. Not he sent them away, he just sent them aside. So, you know, I'm a farm boy. Yeah. And uh, my picture of sin is, is manure. Okay. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. So for centuries, God is taking all this, can I say it, crap mm-hmm. uh, that we've mm-hmm. done wrong, or the God's Old Testament people have done wrong, all their manure, all their sins. And rather than sending it, sending it away, he's always just set it aside. I've taken it off of you and I've set it aside. Hmm. And is forgiveness there for them? Of course, because God 
knows Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. In God's sight, it's already done, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, maybe God will do it. In fact, there's something fascinating about Hebrew. Hebrew has an imperfect tense and a perfect tense. And normally we translate imperfect as future in Hebrew. Okay. But many prophecies are imperfect. You have to be careful with that one. Just just remember, everybody who's listening here, did he say the prophecies are imperfect? He's talking about language. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's an English lesson. Yeah, 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 yeah. So so these different tenses, one means... There's a there is it, it's it's not it's not a done deal. That's why it's re- usually translated as a future tense. But the perfect tense is it's a done deal. Hmm. So in Isaiah 53, where it talks about Jesus suffering and death on the cross, right? It does not talk in in the terms of the imperfect future tense. It talks about it in the perfect tense. It is as good as done in God's sight. There is no question about it. Hmm. See, that's why we normally translate perfect as past, because it's done. We know what happened. Yeah. So, it, sorry, guys, you know, I'm, I'm a Hebrew and Greek geek, you know, and I'm just throwing Hebrew and Greek at you, so forgive me, but, <laughs> but, but that whole idea that in the Old Testament... God knew that his son would set, would pay the price. It wasn't, well, maybe it will happen. See, for us, faith, there's always an element of doubt in our faith. Mm-hmm. There wasn't any doubt in God's sight. He, he, he knew. My yeah. son is going to pay for these, so I'm just going to set them aside. So the forgiveness is real in the Old Testament. And what's the purpose of all of these sacrifices? Twofold. Yeah. One, the picture the relationship, to picture that sacrifice was necessary. So the, the the sin offering of the Old Testament. Oh, yes, my sin, what I've done wrong, brings the sentence of death on me. By putting my hands on the head of that animal, I'm transferring my sentence of death because of my sins onto that animal. And then that animal dies. And there's lots of blood, mm-hmm. the shedding of blood. The the whole burnt offering, that's the the whole animal is burnt on the on the altar. Oh, that's you and me as as forgiven children of God. We put our whole lives on the altar. Everything that I am and have is yours, God. It pictures that part of our relationship with God. Hmm. And the fellowship offering, it, it was a felt it, it, it was a it was the Old Testament potluck. <laughs> so you'd bring the fellowship offering, and the priests would get a part of it, and the the offer the person who offered it would get a part of it, and the priest and the the person who brought the offering would eat the meal together. Oh, God, God's representative, the priest, interesting, is eating with me. I have fellowship. I have friendship with god oh, i never oh, heard that i never kinda, knew that sounds one. like the sacraments doesn't it you know the yeah. Lord's Supper. I, I, I get to sit down and eat with my savior this is the stuff that i love about our you know 
about our faith. You know, there, there's I when I hear people say, I just can't believe the Bible, there's a part of me goes, I get it. I understand. But as you read God's word, and this is that importance of as you read God's word, you know, God doesn't want us to stay in that simple space. I, I think Paul talks about stop drinking milk. You're ready for meat now. Right. <laughs> you know, but that as you get into this, everything that happens, it just it it I, I don't know. I it I just become on my good days, more convinced that the Bible is true when you see just how intricately woven. I mean, I didn't know that about the fellowship offering. I just thought, again, you, you know, you just paid money for this. And, and again, that, that's meat. That, that's food. You know, in a space that doesn't have Burger King right down the road. Um, but that the fellowship offering is actually something that is shared between God's representative and the family or the person. Um, the, the tie, just like you said, the tie to communion, I was just getting there when you said, it. I was like, oh my goodness, that's, that's incredibly beautiful. Right. There, there's, yeah, that that's, yeah, that to, to see, you know, some people don't like the old Testament because, you know, but there's so much there. In fact, our new Testament worship will be fuller in our minds, more, more comforting, the better we know the old Testament. Mm-hmm. You know, and and salvation, the promise of the Savior was there already in the Garden of Eden. Yeah. Adam and Eve were saved by faith, just like us. God set their sins aside and would punish them when his son would, the seed of the woman would come. Uh, and they were called upon to respond in faith, just like we are called as believers. I'm saved by faith alone. Yeah. But now that I believe, I want to do more. And, and, you know, and why do we always say by faith alone? Because if we ever say I'm saved by my faith and by what I do, then my salvation is uncertain because there will always be things that I don't do well enough. I think it's an important part for you to say again, I, uh, because this obviously within, within Christianity, this, even if you're conservative Christian, the sinful heart still wants to be a part of this or somehow feel better about that. At least I did something about it. Could you just take a little bit more with that? Yes. The, the, I'm not quite sure how to add on to that. Um, and maybe it's just enough to just say it again. I just, I just wanted to maybe stop and just say, let's say that again, because Hey, Hey, fellow listeners, you know, uh, what I love about this podcast is that I'm learning along with you guys too, and, and just able to help the conversation. So I'm trying to represent our listeners, but I just know that there are, are things inside me. And I certainly hear it in different, um, streams of Christianity that I need to do something as well um, to, to somehow prove it or feel better about where my faith stands probably more times than not. Yeah. Yeah. As a pastor, I, if the sermon went well, I feel better about myself on Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Amen. To that. The songs went well. I feel a lot better. People it, engaged. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. wait a second that I'm my, my, my value, my yeah. importance is based on what I did rather than on the message that Jesus loves me. Mm-hmm. You know, 
I always I, I like to joke, you know, uh, is, you know, God loves us uh, just as much on those days when we're good little boys as on those days when we're bad little boys. Right. His love is constant. In fact, uh, uh, a principal uh, once shared that when he brought a child into his office, the first thing that he said to the child, you know, and the child is there because yeah, he, he or she's naughty. in trouble. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, the principal said, there's never been a day in your life that Jesus has loved you more than right now. Which is theologically true. God yeah. doesn't, you know, he, he didn't love you better yesterday when you were acting nice. And now he doesn't love you when you punched your friend. Right. He loves you. You blew it. You know, yeah. he, you know, uh, but he loves you. And that this is just our natural thinking it is, is there's, yeah, I, I will feel better about my relationship with God if I can see that I'm a good boy. Mm -hmm. And, and this is, this is why Martin Luther, you know, faith alone, faith alone, faith alone. Uh, but then in Romans, his Romans commentary said, but faith is a busy living and active thing. Right. You know, that, that uh, we always have to come back to, no, I'm saved by faith in the promised savior alone because what I do is never, ever going to be enough. It's not enough for us. Right, right. So why would we think it'll be enough for God? Right. <laughs> right. We can't add anything to it. And, right. and, and then what we do, the sacrifices of our lives that we put on the altar, but this is the, the beauty is, you know, the cross is above the altar. Mm -hmm. The God, the father looks at our sacrifice of our life through the cross. And he sees all the, 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 the sins and failures and even the best things that we do. Mm -hmm. It's all, all covered by the cross. In fact, in my children's devotion today, I'm going to have a children's devotion in the Lenten service. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be using a red, red folder, uh, and uh, when you put a red folder over things, you you, you don't see I'm a yellow highlighter. Yeah, you know, that's the sin. You put the red folder. Oh, wait a second. The the highlighting is gone. The sin is gone, because God looks at us through Christ. Mm -hmm. So He looks at us, what we offer to God. He looks at it through the cross of Christ. And our service to Him is absolutely perfect in His sight. I'm I'm a perfect pastor. Right. I'm a perfect dad. I'm a perfect husband. Because God has completely forgiven me. And that's what motivates me all the more to say, I want to do better. Yeah. I want to do better. Not to get loved, but because I am loved. Yeah. Huge. That's awesome. I hope that that, that uh, helps for all of you who've wondered about the Old Testament and what the whole sacrifice and was this a works-based thing? I, I just the, the recap to me that one of the big ones the, the idea that uh, God has sent a, sent away our sins, uh, but in the older te Old Testament that idea that He set them aside, waiting for the fulfillment of Jesus coming, and then in time, paying for the sin debt, which then blanketed all of time with uh, His forgiveness and everybody who who trusted that this was was in fact a done deal. That's that's beautiful.
And, and, and maybe just one last thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, there is a there is a conditional element to the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. If you are obedient, right there in, in Exodus chapter 9 at Mount Sinai, yeah. if you do this, you will be my treasured people. And, and you know, God's Old Testament people, by and large, rebelled. And that's that's why we see so much violence in the Old Testament as in, in judgment. God is desperately calling God's Old Testament people to repentance. Um, and when they didn't repent, they did lose the land. Yeah, yeah. there's and consequence. That part was conditional. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that, sin, that sin has consequences. And you told me something some time ago, and it's been helpful. Every once in a while, we'll have a conversation. It's more personal and a, and a reminder that, that the Old Testament, just the grace of God shows up in his patience and his mercy. And his in his unceasing commitment to, quite frankly, these very foolish people who time and again don't learn, don't follow, don't want to follow, and yet God has a promised messa Savior, Messiah that's coming, and He is patient. So I've always appreciated you reminded me of that. Matthew twenty two, the parable of the tenants. Mm, yeah, I studied that a few few years ago for a meditations, and and it was just like. This is the Old Testament. He sends the the farmer sends servants to to get the 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 rent, and right. the, you know they beat the first servants, then they kill the servants, and then the farmer says, "I'll send my son." And, and you're going, "What?" Right, right. It's like that's what God did. Right. They they beat and killed the prophets. They mistreated them. They wouldn't listen to God, and then you know He showed His ultimate love. He sent His Son, and sad to say, people still rejected Him. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you read the Old Testament from that perspective, uh, he is this patient, loving God. And he is still this to, the, to this day. God be yeah. Christ. Yeah. Amen to that. Well, want to thank everybody for listening to episode six of Great Questions, Great Conversations. And uh, we've got some more planned coming up here in the weeks ahead. Uh, I'm Mike Westendorf. This is Pastor Pete Panitsky, and we will see you all. Have a blessed day, everybody. Yeah. yeah, we'll see you all again next time.